chapter ten of mrs craddock by william somerset mom this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva and so the craddocks began their journey along the great road nowhither which is called the road of holy matrimony the spring came and with it a hundred new delights bertha watched the lengthening days the colored crocus spring from the ground the snowbells the warm damp days of february brought the primroses and then the violets february is a month of languors the world's heart is heavy listless of the unrest of april and the vigorous life of may throughout nature the seed is germinating and the pulse of all things throbs the sea mists arose from the north sea and covered the kentish land with a veil of moisture white and almost transparent so that through it the leafless trees were seen strangely distorted their branches like long arms writhing to free themselves from the shackles of winter the grass was very green in the marshes and the young lambs frisked and gambled bleeding to their mothers already the thrushes and the blackbirds were singing in the hedgerows march roared in boisterously and the clouds high above swept across the sky before the tearing winds sometimes heaped up in heavy masses and then blown asunder flying westward tripping over one another's heels in their hurry nature was resting holding her breath as it were before the great effort of birth gradually bertha came to know her husband better at her marriage she had really known nothing but that she loved him the senses only had spoken she and he were merely puppets whom nature had thrown together and made attractive in one another's eyes that the race might be continued bertha desire burning within her like a fire had flung herself into her husband's arms loving as the beasts love and as the gods he was the man and she was the woman and the world was a garden of eden conjured up by the power of passion but greater knowledge brought only greater love little by little reading in edward's mind bertha discovered to her delight an unexpected purity it was with a feeling of curious happiness that she recognized his innocence she saw that he had never loved before that woman to him was a strange thing a thing he had scarcely known she was proud that her husband had come to her unsoiled by foreign embraces the lips that kissed hers were clean no speech on the subject had passed between them and yet she felt certain of his extreme chastity his soul was truly virginal and this being so how could she fail to adore him bertha was only happy in her husband's company and it was an exquisite pleasure for her to think that their bonds could not be sundered that so long as they lived they would be always together always inseparable she followed him like a dog with a subjection that was really touching her pride had utterly vanished she desired to exist only in edward to fuse her character with his and be entirely one with him she wanted him to be her only individuality likening herself to ivy climbing to the oak tree 
for he was an oak tree a pillar of strength and she was very weak in the morning after breakfast she accompanied him on his walk around the farms and only when her presence was impossible did she stay at home to look after her house the attempt to read was hopeless and she had thrown aside her books why should she read not for entertainment since her husband was a perpetual occupation and if she knew how to love what other knowledge was useful often left alone for a while she would take up some volume but her mind quickly wandered and she thought of edward again wishing to be with him bertha's life was an exquisite dream a dream which need never end for her happiness was not of that boisterous sort which needs excursions and alarums but equable and smooth she dwelt in a paradise of rosy tints in which were neither violent shadows nor glaring lights she was in heaven and the only link attaching her to earth was the weekly service at leanham there was a delightful humanity about the bare church with its pitch pine highly varnished pews and the odors of hair pomade and reckitt's blue edward was in his sabbath garments the organist made horrid sounds and the village choir sang out of tune mr glover's mechanical delivery of the prayers cleverly extracted all beauty from them and his sermon was intensely prosaic those two hours of church gave bertha just the touch of earthliness which was necessary to make her realize that life was not entirely spiritual now came april the elms before court leys were beginning to burst into leaf the green buds covered the branches like a delicate rain a verdant haze that was visible from a little distance and vanished when one came near the brown fields also clothed themselves with a summer garment the clover sprang up green and luxurious and the crops showed good promise for the future there were days when the air was almost balmy when the sun was warm and the heart leapt certain at last that spring was at hand the warm and comfortable rain soaked into the ground and from the branches continually hung the countless drops glistening in the succeeding sun the self-conscious tulip unfolded her petals and carpeted the ground with gaudy color the clouds above leanham were lifted up and the world was stretched out in a greater circle the birds now sang with no uncertain notes as in march but from a full throat filling the air and in the hawthorn behind court leys the first nightingale poured out his richness and the full sense of the earth rose up the fragrance of the mould and of the rain the perfumes of the sun and of the soft breezes but sometimes without ceasing it rained from morning till night and then edward rubbed his hands i wish this would keep on for a week it's just what the country wants one such day bertha was lying on a sofa while edward stood at the window looking at the pattering rain she thought of the november afternoon when she had stood at the same window considering the dreariness of the winter but her heart full of hope and love come and sit down beside me eddie dear she said i've hardly seen you all day i've got to go out he said without turning round oh no you haven't come here and sit down 
i'll come for two minutes while they're putting the trap in kiss me he kissed her and she laughed you funny boy i don't believe you care about kissing me a bit he could not answer this for at that moment the trap came to the door and he sprang up where are you going i'm driving over to see old potts at hern about some sheep is that all don't you think you might stay in for an afternoon when i ask you why he replied there's nothing to do in here nobody is coming i suppose i want to be with you eddie she said plaintively he laughed i'm afraid i can't break an appointment just for that shall i come with you then what on earth for he asked with surprise i want to be with you i hate being always separated from you but we're not always separated hang it all it seems to me that we're always together you don't notice my absence as i notice yours said bertha in a low voice looking down but it's raining cats and dogs and you'll get wet through if you come what do i care about that if i'm with you then come by all means if you like you don't care if i come or not it's nothing to you well i think it would be very silly of you to come in the rain you bet i shouldn't go if i could help it then go she said she kept back with difficulty the bitter words which were on the tip of her tongue you're much better at home said her husband cheerfully i shall be in to tea at five ta-ta he might have said a thousand things he might have said that nothing would please him more than that she should accompany him that the appointment could go to the devil and he would stay with her but he went off cheerfully whistling he didn't care bertha's cheeks grew red with the humiliation of his refusal he doesn't love me she said and suddenly burst into tears the first tears of her married life the first she had wept since her father's death and they made her ashamed she tried to control them but could not and wept ungovernably edward's words seemed terribly cruel she wondered how he could have said them i might have expected it she said he doesn't love me she grew angry with him remembering the little coldnesses which had often pained her often he almost pushed her away when she came to caress him because he had at the moment something else to occupy him often he had left unanswered her protestations of undying affection did he not know that he cut her to the quick when she said she loved him with all her heart he wondered if the clock was wound up bertha brooded for two hours over her unhappiness and ignorant of the time was surprised to hear the trap again at the door her first impulse was to run and let edward in but she restrained herself she was very angry he entered and shouting to her that he was wet and must change pounded upstairs of course he had not noticed that for the first time since their marriage his wife had not met him in the hall when he came in he never noticed anything edward entered the room his face glowing with the fresh air by jove i'm glad you didn't come the rain simply poured down how about tea i'm starving he thought of his tea when bertha wanted apologies humble excuses a plea for pardon he was as cheerful as usual and quite unconscious that his wife had been crying herself into a towering passion did you buy your sheep she said in an indignant tone she was anxious for edward to notice her discomposure so that she might reproach him for his sins but he noticed nothing 
not much he cried i wouldn't have given a fiver for the lot you might as well have stayed with me as i asked you as far as business goes i really might but i dare say the drive across the country did me good he was a man who always made the best of things bertha took up a book and began reading where's the paper asked edward i haven't read the leading articles yet i'm sure i don't know they sat till dinner edward methodically going through the standard column after column bertha turning over the pages of her book trying to understand but occupied the whole time only with her injuries they ate the meal almost in silence for edward was not talkative he merely remarked that soon they would be having new potatoes and that he had met dr ramsay bertha answered in monosyllables you're very quiet bertha he remarked later in the evening what's the matter nothing got a headache no he made no more inquiries satisfied that her silence was due to natural causes he did not seem to notice that she was in any way different from usual she held herself in as long as she could but finally burst out referring to his remark of an hour before do you care if i have a headache or not it was hardly a question so much as a taunt he looked up with surprise what's the matter she looked at him and then with a gesture of impatience turned away but coming to her he put his arm round her waist aren't you well dear he asked with concern she looked at him again but now her eyes were full of tears and she could not repress a sob oh eddie be nice to me she said suddenly weakening do tell me what's wrong he put his arms round her and kissed her lips the contact revived the passion which for an hour had lain a-dying and she burst into tears don't be angry with me eddie she sobbed it was she who apologized and made excuses i've been horrid to you i couldn't help it you're not angry are you what on earth for he asked completely mystified i was so hurt this afternoon because you didn't seem to care about me two straws you must love me eddie i can't live without it you are silly he said laughing she dried her tears smiling his forgiveness comforted her and she felt now trebly happy End of chapter ten